Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Hello to everyone. Welcome to Five Blossom Radio. Today we speak to the power of Qigong in nature. This, this is a program, this is an episode that's going to offer you an overview of the Five Blossom Gatherings model and how it connects with um, mindfulness, with nature, with the environment. And I'm, um, I'm very excited. We have some really good ideas that uh, might support you in this process of staying well and uh, looking at how our personal health reflects on our environmental health. So I would also like to remind our listeners that if you have any questions on the topic today, if you want to talk with us, you can call 1-888-346-9141 or you can Facebook at Five Blossom Gatherings. So uh, this is going to be the last podcast highlighting Five Blossom Gatherings in this way. Our interest is is broad. As you know from the last podcast's we have five different areas of interest. Um, in the last five weeks, we've explored the roots of the model. And we're going to just, I'm going to do a little recap first on what we've covered, and then we'll move forward into the topic for today. So we've looked at, uh, we took a few steps to help our listeners understand the nature of a healing model and the importance of a model that works and the sensitivity that it develops in our body, in our in our world. We talked about what a good model looks like. We've also discussed the distinctions uh, of transformation. What is transformation? What is empowerment? And how meaningful this work is in engaging and supporting your process for change. And how this work helps you learn about growth in usual ways. So we've also, last week we spoke to the issue of healing, which is a very, very sensitive issue, and how this model distinguishes healing and the circumstances that support uh, deep change. So how the process is set up on many levels of connection, and the mystery unfolds through the practice, and we talked about how the environment or the natural world or wherever you live has an influence on that. So today we're looking at the bigger picture. We're going towards, more towards the natural world with the model. And we're looking at how do we sustain this model for health and healing and how does it connect uh, with the natural world. So we'll continue going on here. Here's a, here's a common question that I face. As I help people with this work, I hear people say, well, we hear a lot about the environment and we hear a lot about global issues. How can you as the person listening, as a person looking to understand uh, healing, be involved as in a relationship with the environment at this time. So as I mentioned, the five blossom model is far reaching. It helps us with health management. What is that? Well, it's the managing of your system. And as I've, and, and, I, and your mind and all, all the different levels that we've spoken of. And as I've mentioned, it's actually a work that supports reconnection and we explored reconnection as a very practical way of coming back to yourself of coming back to 
what is absolutely essential for you to be able to exist in wellness. So this is the larger picture of engagement we're working on today. So when you're looking at a health model, we look to know that the work is sensitive enough to help you stay well, that this practice educates you in a very distinct way in energy management. So in this model, there are three issues that will help stabilize your health. And we'll go through that, and then you'll see how it's going to connect to something bigger. So the three things provide energy and support. Because without energy, you can't do anything. And without support, you can't grow. So what are those three things? You have the food you eat, you have the air that you breathe, and you have qigong, which are the healing practices. That, that's how this model functions. So the food we eat, well, I'm not going to explore that one. You can look at it from another angle, from another model. But this model really talks well about how to work with your breath and how to work with Qigong. So what is Qigong? It's a way that will help you metabolize and uh, metabolize energy. It's a way of engagement that helps your energetic connection with the earth. It's a pretty sensitive practice. So clearly issues of health and environment are connected in this work. So, do we mean, what do we mean when we speak of the environment? What do you mean? This is sensitive because usually when we think about the environment, we're thinking about something really, really big. But environment isn't just the global picture. We can define the environment in three ways. Personally, what would the environment be? It would be your internal world your way of thinking, your attitude towards life. But at heart, it would mean what motivates you, like what what inspires you energetically or what inspires you to grow or heal or be connected to the world. Publicly, it would mean your external world or your workplace or your community center or your home. But it can also then interface with a bigger issue, which is, parklands, the open road, wilderness, all of this would be considered the environment. So environment is just, it's not just one thing, it's everything, and it can be broken down into smaller pieces. So the issue is sensitive. Anything you do with heart, with mind, with care, anything that supports your health in action or in thought, will naturally engage the environment. It gets into the big picture, that little butterfly, you know. So question, okay, how do we speak of issues of health when the issue of clean space and clean environment are so concerning? It's like the boat is rocking continually. How do you stay stable? How do you relate? So this is where a good model for health can support you. A good model means that the relationship that you have with yourself, with your environment, whether it be the inner environment, the outer environment, or the bigger environment, can be a model. So we have to be brave here to work with that much consciousness, that much awareness. And initially, you may not be able to hold it, 
you know, sensitively or you may not be able to hold it in a stable way, but that's the practice. That's the joy of practicing is learning how to become that stable agent. So given our tendency, you know, these as human beings, uh, those who follow a basic need for good care, those who want to help themselves will help hold a vision for the environment or for an environment that is protected. These will follow. So I can speak to this in a personal way. I, you know, when you do this kind of work, you start to re- recognize the the practicality of it because as we go through the three stages or the four stages of our life, some people have four, some have three, but let's say from you know childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and you know our old age, when you go through these stages you recognize the practicality of a model like this. And that's really what it's about. So I remember uh, my daughter, you know, she's four years old. And, and one of the things we'd love to do is, is go to um, places where they recycled, uh, whether it be clothing or whether it be, you know, stuff. And we would find and look for things that we could create with or have fun with. And, and at that age, you know, the, the, the little trinkets are really, really powerful. So we we had this one favorite shop that we would go to, and I knew that I only had like a short span of time because as soon as she got in there, she would be ecstatic about, oh, great, we're shopping today. And she would also have a very, very clear experience that the environment because it's all recycled stuff, because the energetics weren't weren't very clean, the smells, the you know, just it wasn't it wasn't necessarily all clean stuff. And within a short period of time, I would have to watch over and say, Okay, that's it, time. She'd start to derail, you know, her 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 way of behaving or something would throw her off. So I had to be very sensitive to her environmental concerns because she couldn't stabilize very well. So that little story gives you an idea that this kind of work has a way of supporting us in looking out for things and looking out in a practical way. Now, that's an intuitive thing for most moms. Okay, get rid you know, leave because she's not behaving right. But if you notice that these things are real, then you start to look at it more practically. So here's, you know, being another example um, you know, for a good decade and a half, I worked as a healer. I worked as a, a counselor and, and a healer in a specific way. So I did, I did a certain kind of protocol that supported acupressure and uh, the clearing of the energy system. And when you work with people that intimately, you come to recognize when a person's well or not well or emotionally charged up or, you know, they have a, a certain consciousness a certain way of feeling that isn't okay and and they're looking for support they're looking for grounding they're looking as a as a support to let go of what's ailing them the stress as a as a healer as a as a caregiver it became really clear to me that i had to learn how to manage my energy i had to learn how to promote a stronger field of energy in order for me to be able to manage the discharge, I'll call it, or the heaviness or the pain that would be let go of. 
So my room, I would see a huge difference in the energetics in my room. I would see the huge difference in, in the field of my own body, in my physical body. So Qigong and has a way of teaching you how to work with the inner environment. And here's another story. So all this comes together in a minute. I'll tell you one more story here that helps you get a sense of why I took the topic of Qigong and the and natural world of the environment. So I remember oh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe more, when the whole, you know, the big boom, the, the web, the internet became very, 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 very important to us. And we had to learn to connect or interface with uh, the influence of being submerged into this, this field of energy that we didn't understand. I mean, it was a big jump for some of us. So the issue of how to manage areas of our life when we don't have the sensitivity or the knowledge or how to help ourselves is very real. Uh, where do we start? How do we manage that? How, how, how did any of us manage that? So when you speak of good care and you take a model like this into your personal life, you have to learn to understand that your way of managing yourself impacts all of that. So when it came to the internet, it was like, whoa, I have to reclaim a whole other way of grounding. I'll speak a little bit more about that a little bit later on because it does affect us. And it is one of the pieces that people are most sensitive to. But many live and work in densely populated areas and in ways that are perhaps not ideal. You wouldn't, that's not what we would choose if you had a choice, but it's real. That's what it's like. This is what's going on. And so the concern for health and staying balanced in lifestyle is continual. It's ongoing. This work helps support the clearing of this concern. It helps us gravitate towards a way of looking at the common and the most practical approach to taking care. So the question is, when we see ourselves in a position where we're out of balance with the world, how do we manage it? So the issue of balance is always a concern in health management. We have global change towards subtle, you know, that, that change that we, we've been going through over the past three or four decades is intense. And it's moving us towards a subtle world as with the web, as with the internet. We live with our computers. We live with our phones. And this has changed our view. It's changed our view of reality. So we live in a different world now. And it's open doors that we cannot change. We're more likely to be influenced by issues of a more subtler nature now. Because these doors that have opened us have impacted us. The positive side of it is that this is awareness work. It has absolutely, it's like refining a way of being human in a certain way. It's moving us towards a more subtle impact, but also a more subtle way of care. We, we, we have to move with the change and be more considerate of subtlety. And that's an important part. And, and this kind of work, Qigong practice, supports, enables you to learn how to be guided and grounded in that. So the change towards subtle the subtle world, and not just a physical world, places us in a position of opening the mind to seeing in other ways. So the way of Qigong 
And as well, I'll include the way of Tai Chi here because it sets a high standard for learning how to work, how to manage, and how to maintain balance in actually an effortless way, a sustainable way. So the positive side is if we look to place our awareness on the power of the human energy system, on our basic, what what your mama gave you, what God gave you, and how it will naturally engage and harmonize and support us with the natural world, with the environments that we have to live within, this is simple action. This is simple action. This is something we can do. So the question is, if you talk about a shift towards a more subtle way of living, let's say we talk about net continually, the virtual play, how is it going to change us? What are we going to have to do here? so that we can actually start to integrate this in a different way. So the virtual world is a way of engagement. So it's, it's, if we play with the energetics, we're, we're actually challenged. But if we allow the human body to do what the human body is really capable of, we aren't just playing with the energetics of mind. We need to engage the energetics of body. So, the energetics of our land have sustained our mind and our body for all time. We have accumulated an understanding of that to some degree. I feel that it, we're going to have to grow a little bit more. And these simple ancient practices have been with us, I think, are, are a big part of the key. The earth is with us always. We have to interface with the world of technology. Do we manage the change? I say yes, because we have to. And we have the way through. So here's a very simple, very stupid little story, but I think it's a good one because as I mentioned 20 years ago when the, when the net became very real to us, many were inundated with concerns about a number of things. How am I going to manage this in my world? How am I going to integrate it into my physical world? But also the the influx of electromagnetic concerns. And that's still a concern, but it was really, really apparent to me at the time. So the change overall caused many to be concerned for health reasons. And this was this was this was real. This resulted in many discussions but we were subjected to information that we couldn't understand and we really didn't know what to do. And I remember very clearly uh, as what we do is we look for solutions. And I remember the marketplace being flooded with all kinds of possibilities, all kinds of solutions. And I really felt inclined and I went and bought myself a form of a grounding mat. Now, this was a simple little tool that would help keep me well while I was on my computer, while I was, you know, spending an hour or two a day doing whatever I was doing. Now, the laugh was on me because here I am, a professional Qigong teacher, and I'm well acquainted with the power of Qigong, but somehow the, 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 the idea of working with an electromagnetic feel like, the, I mean, the, the problems that it could cause were really, you know, made apparent. And I completely 
lost my grounding in a sense and realized that no, 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 we have everything we need to be able to manage the the, 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 the change and the shift and the grounding and the balancing that needs to happen. It's like looking at grounding and looking at stability are very simple, I mean, simple concerns. But if you look and open up the question a little bit, you'll find that there's some really simple answers in there. So the earth naturally sets a, a, a field. And this field holds us on all levels and provides the grounding and the gravity that we need in order to calibrate. So the mat that I little bought, the little mat that I bought, was a substitute for something that's natural. And that's where I started to realize, no, no, we don't need that. What is needed is an attitude, is a mindset of maintaining a way of gravity, a way of grounding. So, why are we interested in grounding? Well, even in the tallest building, gravity is natural to you. So, the earth has all the grounding feel that you need to help harmonize your energetics. Why don't we accept that? Why don't you accept that? I think because the issue of grounding is not just of earth. We ground ourselves in many ways. We look for the issue to be held so that we can ground our minds, we can ground our hearts, and our physical energetics. I spoke earlier about how the connection, or the, the having to interface with technology the way we have, pulls us, pulls us away from the physical world into, into a way of mind, not body. And because of that, we have to reconsider how we're going to do that and to reclaim the grounding we need to actually remember it's like coming back to oh yeah we're physical we're, we're, we're physical and we have the earth holding us so the issue to, is being held uh, so that the ground so we can ground our minds our hearts and our physical energetic if we spend time in a virtual world we find ourselves without awareness of the earth field, and that's really the biggest the biggest concern we have. So the way we relate to the earth here is important. How we engage and how we take care impacts everything. So the space we live in, the surroundings as we know are impacted by all this. So it's, it's, it is a big issue. And people say, well, where do we start? What do we do? How do we do this? So the model... Five Blossom Gatherings model orients you towards a way of consciousness, a way of awareness on how to engage this so that you can calibrate. So, can you take the time to respect that the earth feeds you, protects you, sustains you, and that you can take actions on how to respect this? how to affect your life in a way where you can reclaim the power of that because that's what we keep forgetting for our model if i blossom a model it means that taking time in a tiny practice to reconnect in appreciation 
means that we become a witness. We become the empaths again. And we protect our space. We, play, we protect ourselves. We protect our workspace. We protect the environment by not forgetting that. And this is a, a message that is, is given to us by the indigenous people all the time. You're forgetting. You're forgetting the earth. You're forgetting the earth. So I'm appreciating that that message comes to us. And I appreciate also that this model, which was given to us, offers us a way of not forgetting. So we set a standard and we enjoy working with clean environment and we become part of the solution by reconnecting, by re-engaging. So the practice of Qigong enlivens us and it provides really the basic grounding and it helps clean our energy. It also helps clean the space. It also supports a healthy environment. It doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, to the, to the rational mind, how can that happen? Because you don't have the experience of it, probably. Some people may. But those who are new to it, it's going to ask you, how do, I, how do I do this? So if I say to you, your body is actually made to transform energy. In other words, anything that's going on, it has the tool to transmute it, to transform it into clean energy. Now, that's a concept that probably very few people speak to because this kind of practice actually is works on a mindful level. It's not like, well, I want to see the, the, the science behind it. It's not scientific that way. But if you watch and observe, which is a scientific practice, you'll see that it's true. So it's through experience that you'll gain and that you'll claim the understanding of that. So yes, I'm saying that one person practicing a mindful exercise like Qigong or Tai Chi can have a huge impact on the environment. So that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good message. And I mean I have 30 years experience with it and I've worked with people who had 60 and 70 years experience with it so I don't think you give up something that's that precious it's something that we would love to pass on to you so we're going to be taking a, a little break in a moment and I'd like to remind again my listeners that if you have any questions on the topic you can call in at 1-888-346-9141 or you can Facebook on five, at 5 Blossom Gatherings and I'm Looking forward to talking with you in a few more minutes. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 5 Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting 5BlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5BlossomGatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So welcome back to 5 Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard welcoming you as we're speaking to the issue of Qigong practice and the relationship with nature, with the environment, and um, the sensitivity of that. So I was speaking about how uh, if each of us practice in action in a common, uh, very simple way and commit to care, uh, we, have a hu- we have a huge impact on not only our bodies, uh, our personal space, but also the bigger space around us. And that's a very valuable, that's a valuable gift. When you enter a home or an office space, uh, you can feel how the energetics um, feel. It isn't simply a myth. Uh, just like when you enter a grove of trees, a beautiful grove of trees, you can you can feel the vibe. You know if, if it feels good to you. So you have the ability to sense naturally uh, the, the, the health of an environment. So as another example is when you visit um, your doctor, for instance. You, you, you walk into an environment that's there to support you, that's there to offer you care. Um, the caregiving is very sensitive. We know that uh, good care feels in a particular way because we feel touched by that care. Well, the same thing happens if, if you take uh, that same environment and you consider all the caregivers in that environment. So let's say it's an office that has maybe more than one caregiver with the person tending to the phones and the person, uh, you know, all, all the possibilities. T- take all of that together and you consider uh, that as a, unified, as a unified force, all these people working together in care. That would have an impact. That would have a huge impact on you. And you don't necessarily think about that. Well, Qigong practice often is done in groups. We can do it alone. Of course, we do our daily practice. But the gathering together, building a collective of people who open in a mindful way to care has a huge impact. So if I'm in a group with 10, 20 people and I open my mind to the grounding, to the connection, to my body, to the field of energy around me, and to the bigger picture, and I gave gratitude to that, and I spent 20 minutes practicing with these people, I find myself having a huge impact on my environment. So the idea is that the power of Qigong is a way of a greater good. It's a way, it's a compassionate practice. It's compassionate power. And if you imagine the power of 10 versus the power of one, 
we have a huge impact through this model. So the building of a heartfelt practice in silence actually has another effect. So if you think of that same office building and everybody's chat, 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 and in their own world, that's how the world works. But we have another level of impact. And that is if we do Qigong in a group, quietly, mindfully, that silence, that open mind field is hugely impactful. It's like nature itself. A butterfly doesn't have a, have a voice, but it has a huge impact on the world around us. So the earth is actually very sensitive to this. It's a sensitive living organism. And as we link up in groups towards that, it has an environmental impact. So those who like this way of thinking, who like to practice and hold a broader view of health, help protect not only themselves, but help protect the environment. It's a natural way of care. It touches the big picture. You don't need any extras here. You don't need a grounding mat. <laughs> but if you want to go buy one, uh, just, you just need a willingness to participate. So question, we've made ourselves think that we're doomed. If we shift our way of thinking and pay attention to care, will we have that impact? I think you understand that I see it very clearly as a yes. We spoke last week of how healing is a profound natural force. It's a way of nature. If we open our mind, the mind, to this, and we begin to know that each person has the potential to shift their way of being, to hold a greater potential, then we actually have a huge, huge, huge impact. So the concern is that it's actually an issue of unity. The broad way of thinking is what we need to, in my opinion, need to really look towards. The placement of our energy, of energy, is growing towards unity. So, for instance, very common example, plastic bags. They're banned. They're not safe. As we shift the way of action towards a more organic way of health, we all win. We're looking there. We're going there. So, does holding a simple model mean change for all? Yes. I was re recently speaking to a local group, envisioning that our community here where I'm living could perhaps become a plastics-free community. What would that entail? It would mean that I would have to bring my little cotton bag to the grocery store. It would mean that I would have to consider that in all the transactions that I go through when I want to per make a purchase. If I translate that little bit of care, that little bit of shift in a healing, personal healing practice, and that's not a huge deal, is it? It's just to remember. That's it. I could accept that the practice of Qigong or the practice of taking that little paper bag or that little organic bag will have a great income, will have a good income. So if millions consider this and choose to follow, we change the impact of plastic or how we work with our physical health on the good earth. A simple move towards care 
impacts all of us. So does Qigong practice support the consciousness and movement towards health? Yes, of course. The practice of caring, can we hold to care? For you, if you're used to eating good food, you'll want good food. If you're used to taking good care, you'll want to take good care. So it is a practice. So I have a few good stories here. So it's not easy to understand Qigong if you don't have the experience of it, but you can imagine it, then you can do it. So if we learn how to work with the energy system, with the basic practical aspects of your body in simple ways, and you learn that you can actually let go of dirty energy. In other words, there's a practical way of learning how to let go. Now, this is not a common practice, but it's something you can imagine. So, if this little energy removal <laughs> uh, or letting go technique is becomes ob observed, you learn to relate and reconnect because that's what's actually in the way. When you get really, really charged up with, with negativity and hurt or anything that overwhelms you to the point where you can't see or feel the goodness anymore, then it means that your nervous system, your body, is looking for recalibration. And that, if you, a simple practice can give you that, then what, what happens is that you come back to being able to see the flowers. You come back to being able to see the butterfly and appreciate it. This is often how, how kids are. If they're really, really bummed out and really not well or really upset, they don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, they're well again. And, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. They can see again. So it's the same thing for us. So I remember once teaching this little practice to uh, a group and teaching them how to take a mindful practice and how to let go of energy that isn't supporting them. Now, there are different approaches to it. And the most common thing that I get as a concern is that, but if I do that, then I have to give it to the earth. And, oh, I can't do that. And it's a very common concern that I don't want to hurt anything. So this concern for not wanting to hurt anything is probably the first sign that I go, okay, that's, that's actually not a bad concern, but I believe that the earth's a bit bigger than me. I think the actual earth sustains me, protects me, holds me. I don't think she's going to be angry with me if I let go. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think that if I let go and I allow, then the earth will, just like me, because she's organic, she's just like me, she knows how to remediate, she knows how to translate anything, pretty much, that's organic into something good. She does it all the time. That tree produces a huge amount of goodness for me all the time. So if I can mindfully set my course on the fact that the earth is where I need to go, in order to maintain my health, and I learn this little practice, then I can actually reconnect. So we've talked about that. Well, here's a story where I gave this practice to somebody, and the person came back and said, well, you know, you taught me how to reconnect. You taught me how to let go. And you said, okay, well, 
you can consider that this energy is going to go, you know, into the oceans. It's going to go into the bigger field, and the trees will take it and 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 clean it up. And I said, yeah, that's true. I believe that. I've seen it. And I know that. And she says, well, I sent my negativity to the tree, and it killed the tree. And I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified. And I thought, my goodness, what kind of negativity are we talking here? What are you doing? And it was explained. Yeah, I'm really not okay. I am really full of absolute hurt. And that hurt I sent at the tree. And I said, ah, I think we need to think about this. When I ask, let go, I'm not saying harm. I'm asking let go. And the action of how we mind, how we do this is really a big concern because we're not looking to do anything. We're allowing for the greater field of earth to support us in translating negativity. So that was a big teaching for me because we are strong. We are powerful. And if you hold your mind on a very, very, very tight spot and you want to do this and you want to do that and you want to, you can harm with this work. And that's not a warning that you're going to harm, but it's a warning that we want to let go. And that translates in how we relate to the environment is how we heal. So if we hold our hearts kind and gently towards something good, then good will be produced. So that story was a huge, huge, huge pain for my heart, but it was a huge teaching for everybody that it was important to be kind. And to let go does not mean sending darkness out. So letting go and allowing a reconnection is a very, very important story. So the impact, consider the impact of repairing the damage and how if we open our hearts and do this in kindness, we actually have a way of, oh, the way I think about the environment, the way I relate to it is very, very crucial. It's crucial to, to, to not only our health, but it's a crucial to the environment. So a long time ago, I discovered the power of a good collective. <clears throat> Excuse me. I grew in many ways. I had the, the pleasure of linking up with 30 families and together with our kids, we did some amazing, amazing work with holding a field together, uh, very playful, very joyful. And it taught the impact of not only a community garden working together, but it taught how in working together, we, we grow a certain certain feel, a certain garden within that we want to tend to. And that really is the message, is that as you learn how to do it for yourself and learn how to do it with others, you will also learn how to be in kindness on a bigger scale. So this was so impactful for me to work with this community that it it drew me to consider growing a food garden here uh, on our island. And it also, it helps reverse the effects of feeling helpless, and it helps reverse the effects of being disconnected. So the, the Qigong practice moves you into a, a bigger, a, you know, a, a broader spectrum of, of care. 
So I want to just come back to remind anybody if they have uh, a question, uh, 1-888-346-9141, or you can Facebook on Five Blossom Gatherings. So that's a lot. I've been chatting you up, and here we have now um, how to protect ourselves. Because I'm talking about negativity, and yet I'm asking you not to be caught in the negativity. I'm asking you to trust that your body, your field of energy that's given to you, the earth, the environment has the abel- has ability, has, has consciousness, and is able to work with us. So how do we work with the environment concerns and protect ourselves? Well, the, as I mentioned, the five-blossom model will help you to awaken in a personal way. So if we have five areas of support, these in tandem help develop an overall wellness. So for this to work, you're going to need to integrate a lifestyle that doesn't harm and doesn't neglect. With each level of support, let's take, for example, the five-blossom area of, okay, physical work, physical grounding, physical embodiment, which I was just talking about. Through this work, your energy system is going to be supported to function at a very at an optimum level. So the practice stimulates the natural defense systems, but it also helps you create a reservoir of energy. And this is where things get a little different. This is going from doing a practice, going into training. Because when you go into training, you're going into a stronger field of energy, and you want a more you know a higher level of output. So this reservoir of energy that you build through the five blossom model uh, will help you manage manage things. Will help you manage challenges. So this reservoir of energy will help prevent depletion and prevent the damaging effects of your talk to- of the toxicity and the environmental issues around you. So as I practice, I naturally work and get and and all this happens. All this helps secure all helps to protect my body and the environment as we've spoken. So it puts our caring field into a greater connection. So this is a way of old, and it's supported by all Indigenous cultures that I know of. (laughs) The support we bring is important to you, and it's important to me. It's important to all. So if we take the step to care, it links us up with the Mother Earth, with the sense of mothering, which is what we really are looking for. Mother care is is formidable. And mother care is is really the most practical thing that we can develop. So what are the benefits? Well, what are the benefits? What are things that I haven't spoken of? Because those who've been following over the past weeks probably have understood that there's lots of possibilities. But there are things that I haven't spoken of. And these are are unusual things. And they're fun to think about, too. There's a lot of concern for pain. A lot of people, a lot of people suffer from pain. So you take a look at the way that we work with the issue of pain. The benefits of this kind of work are huge if we learn to let go. So if we work in groups to let go, then a lot of pain gets released without drugs, without just mindfully, just through care. And I remember once having 
enough of an issue physically and having enough pain that I was concerned for my life. When you get to that edge, it's very, very demanding. And you need energy. You need support. You need consciousness. And it's def- it, it, it's absolutely horrible to be at that edge without anything. So the reflect what, what this model or what this work helps you do is see that pain is reflective. In other words, if you're in pain and you sit in front of me, then I'm going to feel pain. I, I can't escape it. I may not know exactly all the details, but I'm going to feel it. And we have to connect with each other. How are we going to do this if the field of pain, if there's more and more concern for pain in the world? So this is a, a, an issue that we don't talk much about. But the practice that we were talking of helps with these transitions of moving out of pain and moving into wellness. So the practice helps you stay grounded and overcome suffering because it uses techniques that are ancient. So the pain is real. We don't want to dismiss that. Humans suffer. We can't change that. Having a way of engagement that teaches compassion for care in letting go of pain is a formidable practice. I think of the child's book, the little tugboat, that little, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Qigong practice for me is the I think I can model. And it's, it's, it's very powerful. We don't commonly speak of this other issue. I'm going to talk about something else here that's very sensitive and I'm, I'm, it's heartfelt for me, is pet care. We don't talk about pet care much, not in this model. And yet I've seen um, really unusual results. So what does pet care have to do with Qigong? It's, it's actually an issue that uh, you, can, you can consider. Uh, considering the impact of pain or our behavior on the life of pets and other animals, we argue, we suffer, we worry, uh, we have an internal dialogue that's continual. And all this is very powerful, as are our actions. I see the effects of stress on pets, and I really understand how people don't get it. It's very, very visible to me that if somebody, uh, you know, is very hurt or very, very stressed or very worried, the impact on the dog or the cat or even the hamster will be evident. Now, it means that the energetics are impacted. It means that your energy system is probably bigger than the dog's or the hamster's, and if you're feeling unwell, then that little thing's going to get really overwhelmed with that pain. So, these these loving beings take on the mental and emotional pain and we don't have in this world a model to help work with that and this model helps. We seldom consider the feelings and actions that affect the life of our pets. I've understood that animals are tender by experience and these innocent beings are hugely impacted by everything. The pet's behavior 
does reflect whether you're able to integrate or be aware of how you're managing yourself. So I remember the story of Bill. This is a really sane, insane little story, but it's a, we had this cat named Bill, and Bill is the most loving cat you've ever seen. And we had guests, and Bill would do the strangest thing around this one particular person. Uh, he would go pee on her chair. And I went, like, Bill, this is not okay. Like, the first time you think it's just an accident, but Bill doesn't pee. He goes outside. He goes in his box to pee. He just goes, pees on the chair. And over time, I started to see that Bill had a way of expressing that he didn't like that person. Well, it was very embarrassing. So I had to find a way of managing myself, actually, when this guest would, would show, and suddenly their place of sitting would have to be protected from Bill. <laughs> well, I understood that Bill was giving me another picture, and I had to translate that in such a way as where I had to understand that they, they, they sense things in ways that you may not be aware of. And if they can speak that bluntly and that cleanly, it's very, very important that we be able to listen. And so that's the other way that these animals that we live with are brilliant in many ways. And they are connected to the earth. They are connected to the force fields that grow and heal us. So how do we manage that? dialogue and this kind of work does teach you to pay better attention and to trust because Bill had a really big message for me that day and I wasn't able to listen until until later on go oh Bill you're so bright because there was something that I needed to take care of so that's something that we might want to consider the last issue that I could speak to that relates to you know, the oddity of all this, uh, is um, the impact on our nervous system and dental care. I can say that, that as you get more grounded, as you get more centered, as you get more stable, as you support, you're able to really find good grounding. And that has an impact on your, on your, on dentistry in general. I could see myself actually using less and less uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the freezing and stuff. I mean, it was really, it's been really lovely. So as an example, this practice really does have a huge impact on the way that we manage the fields around us and the energetic field, our nervous, our nervous system is perhaps the most delicate and the most sensitive. So to recap all of this together for today, we're talking about Qigong practice and the care that it brings to our bodies, to our place of work, to our place of living, to the way that we, we engage the natural world, and the way that the natural world can then hold us and help us feel into a stronger and healthier way of living. So I'm thanking you, thanking my listeners today for your heartfelt attention. Uh, Five Blossom Gatherings, as you see, is a very very caring model for health, and the program will support uh, your wellness in many ways. You can access my work through fiveblossomgatherings.com, or you can e email me at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. Thanking you for your time today. 
Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.